You can't beat the sound of a contented cat. That's why veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Because he knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. And our premium cat food is designed to satisfy even the most finicky eaters. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. For the second time, Suella Braverman has lost her job as Home Secretary. That's we think it is for. unprecedented that a Home Secretary is forced out of their job for the second time for effectively misconduct. Braverman's gone, Cameron's back, and Esther McVeigh is the Minister for Common Sense, apparently. Why has she been brought back in as Common Sense Minister? Does Rishi Sunak not have any common sense? What's going on in the Tory party? David Cameron said he was returning to the front benches because he believes in public service, the most surprising appointment in the Prime Minister's widespread government reshuffle. With a right-wing mob storming the Cenotaph, was Rishi Sunak left with no choice but to sack Suella Braverman as Home Secretary? I think I've been pretty clear that these are hate marches. Why, when it's us, they ask the police? That might be a reference to comments earlier this week from the Home Secretary. And what's David Cameron likely to do as Foreign Secretary? The Prime Minister asked me to do this job, and it's a time where we have some daunting challenges as a country. Big questions, and joining me to answer them is TRT World presenter Enda Brady. Enda, you're very welcome to the Bell Tale. Enda, we originally planned to have this interview on Friday, but a weekend is a long time in politics uh, because we originally wanted to talk about Suella Braverman and to profile Suella Braverman. And as I say, she's now left the cabinet, uh, not of her own free will. But if we can start, I do still feel that that's where this story starts. Could you remind us just just who is Suella Braverman? So she's a right-wing Conservative Party politician, very senior, worked her way up, Oxford educated, qualified lawyer, went into politics. She's obviously from a middle-class Asian family and she has done well in the Conservative Party. I mean, some people can't stand her. She has made it work for her. She's held the role in the office of Home Secretary twice now. And as we'll come to in a moment, she's twice been sacked out of that job. But she still retains a lot of support on the right wing of the Conservative Party. And where this story starts was with her decision to write quite an inflammatory article, really, for the Times newspaper. And Sunak decided enough is enough. For the second time, Suella Braverman has lost her job as Home Secretary. Nobody's, it is nobody's ever done un- that before. It is all, I think <laughs> we think it is book. unprecedented that a Home Secretary is forced out of their job for the second time for effectively misconduct. 
do we are we satisfied that it was because of this article and not perhaps um well the the far right basically storming the cenotaph i it's it's so hard for me to understand why they would do that there was rioting around this in london on at the weekend Hard not to see some sort of relation between Suella Braverman's rhetoric and that article, but was that anything really to do with the sacking? Look, I think words have consequences. She decided to write that article. It was given to Downing Street for screening, and then there was several changes requested that she didn't make, and the article turns up in the newspaper. I mean, you think back to well-run British governments under Tony Blair, for example. Everyone knew what they were doing. Everyone knew what the official line was. You, you can't have cabinet ministers going rogue. You can't have home secretaries deciding that this is what I'm going to do because it's what I think. That's how good government works. So she went completely off the tracks with that article. The end result is a very tense situation. You know, you've got a large Muslim community in London. You've got a significant Jewish community and tensions are being stoked. The Home Secretary's role is homeland security, working with the police, keeping people safe, keeping the police safe, doing their job. And the end result is that article basically inspired a lot of right-wing thugs that they needed to be in London to defend the Cenotaph. The Cenotaph was absolutely fine. No one went near it. No one was going anywhere near it. But you had Tommy Robinson flying in from Tenerife, this poster boy of the far right in the UK, Loves his country so much, he lives in Tenerife. And it all went badly wrong. Nine police officers injured, 126 people arrested. And they were overwhelmingly at the counter-protest, as it was called. I suppose the question listeners are asking who, who who don't have a subscription to the Times is what actually did she say to get herself the sack and to get Tommy Robinson on the plane from Tenerife? So Suella Braverman in the article, she knew what she was doing. She accused the police of favouritism in their coverage and policing of various protests. And she was making the point that she feels pro-Palestinian rallies and protests, people can do what they want, say what they want, dress as they wish. And she feels that not an even hand is taken by the police when it comes to other rallies. For example, you know, right-wing marches, as we saw. That was the point she made. She started up. I mean, she made a, a political point with that article. She started up. She inflamed tensions. And the end result is you get hundreds of yobos who think that the Home Secretary is telling me that, you know, we, we need to be out protesting to stop these pro-Palestinian protesters. Um, not good. Why, when it's us, they ask the police? That might be a reference to comments earlier this week from the Home Secretary. She said right-wing protesters were rightly met with a stern response from the police, while what she described as pro-Palestinian mobs were largely ignored. I just wondered if she did it on purpose because it does seem that she left Rishi Sunak with no choice in the end or maybe was he looking for an excuse uh, for a while now or 
did she really just want to get the sack? Look, there's a few schools of thought on this. She's very ambitious. I think she wants to run for leader again once he's gone, presuming that an election goes against him next year. If the polls are to be believed, Keir Starmer would win that UK election. I think she's setting her stall out early, rallying the right wing of the party. And his response to all of that, as we've come to in a moment, will be, you know, David Cameron coming back in to drag people back into the centre ground of conservative politics in Britain. But there is a school of thought that she wrote with deliberately knowing that no prime minister worth his or her salt would leave someone in a job having openly challenged their authority, gone against the rules, published that article, and then the big flare up at the weekend, which was really, really bad. I mean, I, I know people who've been on these protests in support of the people of Gaza, and they tell me that they are extremely peaceful protests, mostly middle class people, and they even encounter Jewish people protesting against what the state of Israel is doing to the Palestinians. So in no way are you seeing the hate march that she described it as. I think I've been pretty clear that these are hate marches. I mean, let's look at some of Suella's statements. She says, you know, uh, these are hate marches. She's described people living in tents as living a lifestyle choice. She's attacked multiculturalism. She's said that 100 million people around the world are coming to the UK. She's described immigration on the southern coast as an invasion. She has used, uh, well, interesting terminology like tofu eating wokarati. Many people eat tofu, of course. And I think the piece de la resistance is that she would love to have a front page of the Telegraph with a plane taking off to Rwanda. Well, claiming victory, I would love to be having a, a front page of the Telegraph yeah. with a, fly, a plane taking off to Rwanda. That's my dream. That's my dream. It's when my will obsession. that happen? She seems a strange character, and I wonder whenever I come across these strange characters, is she serious or is this all an act? I think it's, you've got to remember who our audience is, Kieran. She's playing to the right wing of the Conservative Party. She is talking to mostly wealthy middle class, predominantly white people who live in the home counties, Oxfordshire, Buckinghamshire, Surrey, Sussex, Hampshire, you know, nice middle class home counties areas in much the same way as Liz Truss spoke to these people in her ill-fated campaign. But ultimately, she got what she wanted. She became prime minister. You know, remember Liz Truss had a go at the French. She had a go at Nicola Sturgeon. They know exactly what they're doing. They're preaching to an audience that they know exactly what these people want to hear. And Suella Braverman has given it to them time and time again. So it's inevitable she will be back. She, 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 she will continue to be a player in the Conservative Party anyway. Yeah, I think so. I think what will happen, look, this is my prediction, 2024. I think October next year, you'll be looking at a UK general election. If the polls hold as they are for Keir Starmer and Labour don't implode, he will be British Prime Minister by Christmas next year. And Rishi Sunak will be out. There will be a leadership contest. And by January 2025, you'll be looking at Kemi Badenoch, I think, will probably throw her hat in the ring. Penny Mordaunt will fancy it. I think it will be a woman who will lead the Conservatives and Suella Braverman right now will be thinking, that woman should be me. David Cameron said he was returning to the front benches because he believes in public service as he began his first day in office as Foreign Secretary. The most surprising appointment in the Prime Minister's widespread government reshuffle. 
So given the state of the polls and the state of politics in general, it's perhaps no surprise that Rishi Sunak went for a full reshuffle and not just a simple substitution here. Yeah, I think there's such a chasm between the two parties now at the moment. The so-called blue wall seats in the north that changed from red last time round under Johnson, you know, they're all going to vote Labour again. I just can't see them sticking with the Conservatives. I think Sunak needed to do something drastic. He needed to do something dramatic and headline catching. And he's positioned himself recently as the man of change. Well, bringing back a guy who was at his peak seven years ago is hardly kind of groundbreaking stuff, is it? No, and one of the things is, I mean, taking back David Cameron certainly brings, you know, in a sense it it, it reignites this class war in the Conservative Party, bringing the party slightly to the centre. And that might be, I'm not sure electorally or, or in terms of the polls, how that goes down. But in terms of the personalities, David Cameron, and I perhaps didn't realise it until yesterday, but he is a big beast. Now, he's no Heseltine or Clark. Of course he's not. But, but he is formidable. And he is very formidable in the context of the Conservative Party is today. I always tell people, how is it I can remember Thatcher's cabinet but I struggle to name the cabinet today. He's, he, has he not just become the largest presence in the cabinet room? Is that not a, What is Rishi Sunak thinking of there? Look, I think desperate times call for desperate measures. Sunak, from what I'm hearing, reached out to Cameron a week ago. Um, they had a meeting in the famous Downing Street flat. It was signed off on Thursday and nobody knew a word about it until Cameron walked up the street the other day. So... Look, Sunak needs a shot in the arm. A couple of things here. I think he has misread the public opinion. Austerity, British people have had austerity for years, and it was Cameron who drove that. Obviously, national debt needed to be paid down off the back of the global financial crisis. Him and George Osborne drove that. Can't get away from that. As much as he will say, I'm now foreign secretary, blah, blah, blah. Can't get away from austerity and David Cameron. Those two words will always be in that sentence. Brexit has been an absolute catastrophe for anyone who cares about Britain, British children, Britain's economy, the future of Britain. Brexit has been a disaster. Cameron delivered that. He didn't mean to, but that would be the first sentence in the first paragraph of any obituary of David Cameron politically or otherwise. And I think he knows it. Well, I am and sorry about some of the things that have happened. And I do feel regret for some of the decisions and choices that I made. But I, I don't regret uh, the idea of having a referendum combined with a renegotiation to try and solve what I saw with the genuine difficulties that Britain faced in, in Europe. Um, but a deep regret that you know, what I attempted didn't work. So it's a great opportunity for Cameron, don't get me wrong. For him, it's a shot at redemption. It means he's not a big beast and this is an amazing opportunity for him. And he has a lot of work to do. He he did famously describe, um, perhaps in an unguarded moment, uh, Gaza as an open-air prison. He's also paradoxically described as the pro, most pro-Israel prime minister in history. Um since he left office, there, there, there are renewed tensions with China over human rights, uh, over issues in the South China Seas, and of course, over economic issues. And of course, we have this uh, massive um, 
war in Central and Eastern Europe and Ukraine. What is he likely to do on the world stage? Look, he's very well connected. That's one thing about Cameron. He is a great contacts book. People do like him. I mean, he's a very personable man on a one-to-one level. When you're away from the cameras and the microphones, Cameron can do charm. He's believable. He's trustworthy. He's a nice man. And he's someone you always come away from a conversation with actually thinking he's a very decent human in a way that you never felt like that with Boris Johnson. Any dealings with Johnson, it was always, there was always, what's in it for me? What's Why should I be doing this? Cameron is someone people can trust. Now, there's a few issues with regard to foreign policy. Libya obviously split in two off the back of his in- intervention when he was prime minister. He has been doing a lot of lobbying for questionable people, whether from Greensill Capital and others to various different projects linked to the Chinese government. You know, he's an extremely wealthy man. Cameron and his wife are multimillionaires. He's not doing this for money. I think Cameron, I think he loves his country. He probably loves the Conservative Party more. And it's a shot at changing the narrative about him, that he's this big failure living out in the countryside and rattling around doing nothing, having delivered Brexit inadvertently. So that, it, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a big, big call by Sunak. But Cameron... I'll be fascinated to see what he does and what interventions he makes. Chris Heaton-Harris, he remains the Secretary of State for Northern Ireland. I mean, how disappointed will he be? How big of a blow is that? Look, Northern Ireland's not getting a look in now, as you know. I mean, everything now, internationally, will be focused on Gaza and the Palestinian people. Domestically, the Conservative Party, as much as the title says, if you look at it, it's the Conservative and Unionist Party, Northern Ireland will not get a look in under this current administration. They are trying to claw back votes and they know nothing's going to change. In the north of Ireland, nothing is going to change that's going to get Rishi Sunak closer to Keir Starmer. So it's all about, I think, consolidating the base of the Conservative Party in the south of England. And I think they've pretty much given up the north and the hope of retaining anything Johnson gained in December 2019 I think the focus now will be primarily the south of England and what voters there are interested in. You won't see David Cameron popping up in Belfast in the next 12 months, mark my words. Final question, Enda. And I think you've, you may have inadvertently answered that question. But Esther McVeigh has been brought um, into the cabinet and she's been, I suppose, described as the Minister for Common Sense it seems incredible for me to even utter those words. I mean, a minister for common sense, the an anti-woke czar. I understand it's about votes and I understand it's about the home counties. But what, as, as a teenager would say, is this possibly about? It's about red meat for the right wing of the Conservative Party. So they will be livid that Cameron has come back in and he's dragging everyone into the centre. You win elections by being in the centre, whether it's the Labour Party, the Conservative Party. Nobody wins elections by going to the extremes. Unfortunately, the Conservative Party have quite a few extremists and putting Esther McVeigh in cabinet, while it is a wacky idea to anyone looking in, it basically says to the right wing of the party, she's your kind of eyes and ears and anything you don't agree with, she will voice in cabinet. 
But, you know, if you want to learn more about her, check out her TV show. That's all I'd say. And I, I was listening to the radio this morning and I was hearing Labour Party spokespersons and you say elections in the UK are won from the centre. And it really did seem like the Labour Party were putting themselves forward as the Conservative Party with a, with a small C in terms of, of how they are going to fight this election. There's certainly, there's little toleration of the left left in the Labour Party. Yeah, so Starmer's game plan is to get as far away from Jeremy Corbyn and the left wing of the Labour Party as possible, drag it into the middle ground. He speaks to Tony Blair regularly, I hear. So Blair knew how to win elections. Whatever anyone thinks of him, whatever about his foreign policy, in the UK, if you look at what he did, election after election, he won three elections on the spin. I don't think you'll see anyone do that again, in my, certainly in my lifetime. Rishi Sunak's not going to win one. He became Prime Minister without winning one. Liz Truss became Prime Minister without winning one. So I think Starmer wants to be seen as, you know, you'll hear critics say, oh, he's so boring. I think right now in British politics, boring is actually good. And on that note, Andy Brady, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. This episode of The Bell Tale was produced by myself, Kieran Dunbar. The assistant producer was Olivia Peden. Sound designed by Graham Davidson. The clips you heard were from Sky, Channel 4, the BBC and ITV. You can't beat the sound of a contented cat. That's why veterinary surgeon and natural pet food pioneer John Burns developed Burns Pet Nutrition. Because he knows the positive impact a natural diet has on our beloved pets. And our premium cat food is designed to satisfy even the most finicky eaters. For natural, no nasty, wholesome recipes, choose Burns Pet Nutrition. Available from veterinary clinics and all good pet shops across Ireland.